It's called Let's Keep the Flames of Hope Alive. Never let the fires die. Let's keep the flames of hope alive. And never let the fires die. Take the lie of the light. Hey, Jeff, we haven't done a podcast in a long time. Well, we haven't, yeah, we haven't done one since we did downstream. And I mean, we got downstream and upstream, honestly, almost a year ago. Do you think it was almost a year ago we got it? It was almost a year ago. It was somewhere in July or August 2019. Wow. We talked about downstream, which was pretty amazing record. You know that these records are now being, if you go search on Google for the alarm upstream, downstream, they're getting some great reviews by people. Oh, really? Yeah, I talked to Mike Peters on the phone yesterday, and he told me he's he's constantly being called by podcasts because those are the only people that can do stuff right now, and and doing podcast interviews for like different you know music podcasts. The big night in has caused a bit of a stir, so I've been doing podcasts everywhere. I bet. Um, and then everyone's loving the Hurricane of Change album. You know, it's getting fantastic review. You know, the guy tonight I was doing an interview with the one in uh canada and he's going like look if this this is a this had come out in 1988 it would be a, a considered a masterpiece he's going where are these available besides uh, where are these available besides the one big purchase that i did online you buy that's where they're available no i think you're sending they're sending them out because remember they're they're doing a uh, they they had probably sent it all out as promo for the tour they were going to do that didn't happen Oh, that's right. Right? They're, they're right now, I think they would be in uh, like New York and c- coming here and to do this for the, the USA gatherings, but that got stopped. So, the, but the promo is still out there. Well, both upstream and downstream are amazing. Yeah. Um, and they're completely different than the other reworkings that were done of Declaration and Strength. Those were basically the same songs, just done a little differently or with new lyrics, or in some cases, like the fire, fire, fire one, a whole different song, right? Yeah, I mean, and they were, they were obviously for those records, I, I like them, they have, their, they have their, their place. They have their place. And some of the songs are really good and they're different songs. And it's, you know, re, reimagining is not like a foreign thing to people. I mean, if you, honestly, if you listen to Dave Sharp and how he sings some of his older songs now on his new recordings, Back in 75, the was on the line. He felt no pain, cause there was none. He would bend in the wind, taking anything like sniffing roses. It was alright until he fell. Totally different. You know, re- reimagining is not something that just Mike Peters does that people can get upset about. Not, well, almost every artist does it. I mean, yeah, so. Even Eddie Eddie McDonald, when you redid Third Light a couple of years ago, is a reimagined.
thing. I mean, that's what right. people do. You know, it's a, it's art that that lives, and maybe it should. You know, that's why playing. You know, no one gets upset when a band plays a song live, and it's different than when they heard it on record. Just never exact, and it changes over time too. It gets faster and slower, and they add big, you know, endings with people noodling with each other and. Well, I mean, artists. I mean, you talk about Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen do this all the time. Um, well, let's. I I know that there's narration throughout this thing, and actually, I really like the narration through um, the record. But let's start with the first song, which is where a town once stood, and let's begin by by listening to something. This is what I what I wrote down. I want to read you my notes about the, my initial thoughts when I heard these songs, like almost a year ago. Where a town once stood, like a cousin to shout to the devil. Bass highlights this song. Sounds like a movie soundtrack to a spaghetti western set in space. This is an awesome way to start the record. But as I'm driving around my hometown, I look at what used to stand here. I drive by my childhood home. Images of of it being bulldozed to make way for a mini mansion are still fresh in my mind. A town still stands here, but it's not mine. Oh, that was pretty poetic. <laughs> um, it was. My notes are not quite as poetic. I said that this has an incredible pulsing beat. Yes, the bass takes over the entire groove. Unlike change, where somehow a lot of the bass was just removed from the record. I don't know why. Didn't we talk about it the last time? Bass is a highlight of this record. Yes. Um, it's still the same song, though, but there were quality wrinkles in the original that I didn't like. There's some places where the guitar is hit in the original that you know they sound like either an overdub or a mistake, and they were left in the original. Mix. This, I these know are what you're talking about. Those are gone. What's that? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I recognize that. Yeah. So, um, so this is a great tune. Yeah. I again, I, th- I think it sounds. It's a lot like "Shout to the Devil" a little bit to me in here. You know, the alarm really didn't uh, didn't really do much like a "Shout to the Devil" after they did "Shout to the Devil." No, um, this isn't exactly like, like it. Uh, but it, there are a couple of songs they just did. I mean, each record they tried to do something a little bit like that, uh, different. There's a different tune on each record, but. Uh, Shout to the Devil was probably the most successful of those to me. But yeah, this does sound a little bit like Shout to the Devil, and it's very much a great way to to begin this record as something different. Oh, yeah. I mean, there it really shows um, the difference in what Mike was trying to achieve here, but keeping the songs somewhat similar, but, but reimagining them almost fully, which I guess is sort of an oxymoron, but it, it's true. So the next song on this 
record is New Frontiers, which is actually the name of No Frontiers on the Change Demos. If you recall the Change Demos, yes. which came out in like 1999 or 2000, the alarm.change.demos. Remember those? Oh, I remember those very much, though. Yeah, it was like a it was a bootleg that Mike made into a not bootleg <laughs> and sold it himself. Yeah, I think that angered Eddie McDonald a little bit, right, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if he said Eddie doesn't about. like bootlegs, but it was Mike got the bootleg and sold it himself. So I'm not quite sure, but it's in inter- any case, it was interesting. I'm not sure if Eddie even knew about it. In any case, um, that's where we got the uh, some of the origins for Georgie too. Um, when we were yeah yeah I, well that's I, I i really honestly want to do more episodes like those but they're hard to come by so let's listen to a little bit of new frontiers and then i want to get your thoughts Take us out of here. love is stronger than we know I want to hear what you have to say. So New Frontiers continues that same groove from where our town once stood. Um, it's it's faster and better to me than the original. Um, it has an improved chorus, and really, it should be a single. That's that's yeah. I think that I think that this is a this is a nut. If you're going to put a single out from this, this is one of them. I said uh, this is a version of the song from the Change demos. Um, has the feel of a Broadway production, which is interesting because it did become one. This I wrote this before Mike was to make turn into production. Good, this is a good pairing with where a town once stood. Shout to the devil meets prisoners. <laughs> Remember prisoners from yes. from the uh, from Blood Red. I think it's from the the B side from yes. Blood Red. Prisoners is the one that sounds. It's a very eighties kind of Take us out of here. The ending where it ceases. Take us out of here. Take us out of here. Just f- awesome ending. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I love. I love the ending of this one. You know, um, uh, since this podcast really big, and I think either Sweden or Holland. I forget which one. No, 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 no. Our other podcast is big in Sweden. This one actually has a fairly decent if depending on how you slice and dice the data does pretty good in the uk new frontiers i mean what do you say about the first two songs on our record being like just awesome well what you say is next up is hardland So what do you think of Heartland, Joe? So I wrote that this is a much improved power chord driven version of Heartland. 
but yeah. it's the same basic song. It but, the, the, the power chords remind me of of uh, "Wind Blows Away My Words" from yes, Rock. Yes, yes, exactly. But. It doesn't sound anything like Jeremiah is a bullfrog anymore. No, the, 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 just because the piano. Something about the piano, because I think they used the piano to fill in um, instead of for. Layered track, layered left for bass and and get other guitar layering. It's just too much in on the change record. Well, the piano yeah. was not um, wasn't bass piano either. It was more twinkly piano. It didn't sound very to me. It doesn't sound very good. I don't like the combination in that song, the original. But this one sounds really good. I do like Hardland as a song on the original record, but this one sounds a lot better to me. Yeah, I, I thought that this reminds me of Change meets Color Sound. Way more dynamic than the original. So mo- way more highs and lows. Heavier. I like it again more than the original. This is this is now three in a row. Three in a row that I like better than the original too. Me too. Me too. I think there's a pattern here, in that like I really think this record is spectacular, in the way it's you know I listen I must have listened to this a thousand times in about four days when I first got it. Yeah, I've um I've I did about ten times and then over the last few months I've listened to it maybe once a month just to try and. Uh, eat both sides on a on a walk or a jog or a run or or just a workout or whatever. It's harder now that we're stuck inside all the time. Yeah, so yeah, we're stuck inside. But, it's hard to listen to anything. But yeah, um, definitely these first three, um, and it doesn't stop. By the way, I mean, I just want to hint, give away a uh, spoiler. <laughs> Don't give anything away, Jeff. Okay, so um, next song, Black let's, Sun. Let's go with the Black Sun. Walk away into the tide. Walk away. The end, at the end, at the end of everything. Oh, there's a dream, there's a dream, the dream we all wake up to. The dawn of the gray, black sun shines on me. I don't have a lot written down for this one. Sorry, a nice driving versus lead into a theatrical chorus. That's all I had written down. But I should have said, I it fixes most of the stuff wrong with the original. Well, okay, I'll tell you what I think about this one. I think it was a low-powered strength light before. But now it's better, but it's a better version of a low-powered strength light with bridges and new choruses that are completely different. And those transitions are more seamless. It's not so it starts out that same way. It's just because of that backbeat. 
You've got some piano in there near the end that actually is done right. Everything, oh, there's a dream. There's a dream. The dream we all wake up to. The dawn of the gray black sun. It's the right way to do the piano on this track, on these tracks. Yeah. And um, I, I, some of the actual driving rhythm of the choruses reminds me of Refugees in the West World a little bit. Running away on a westbound train Two hearts beating, alone and afraid Searching out freedom in the shopping arcades For Levi's and Bibles, welcome to the new age Refugees, refugees. Where Mike kind of figured it out. All of these songs are arranged around like a driving rhythm, which makes them better. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they don't let up. Is, like, like the heart of rock and roll is the beaten. That's not wasn't a joke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like I know I'm quoting Huey Lewis in the news, but what I'm saying is like a lot. Sometimes on these songs, even on this record some things get lost that aren't that lost in the translation from the acoustic guitar to the full arrangement. And sometimes it was that driving rhythm that was needed to make it a toe tapper or a sing-along song. Remember when we went to go see, we went to go see change at, uh, at the wheel turn in Los Angeles on the change tour. Right. I remember, um, you know, it was, it was pretty good, but almost every song was slowed down, slowed down. compared to what done in the past. And you and I, when they started playing, you know, in the in the encore, I think they played Reason Forty One. Right, and we had recently like discovered the B sides and stuff, and we were so effing excited that we were playing Reason Forty One. You and I were two people back up in the balcony singing Reason Forty One at the top of our lungs when no one else around us even understood what the hell it was. Right, it was exactly. hilarious because everyone there, every the old Alarm fans would had met you know the new Alarm fans were from like rain in the summertime. The, a lot of the old fans were gone, and. You know, but the pe- people who were around were waiting for a return to, you know, the EP and declaration, which wasn't coming. But, 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 and and part of that was just noticing that this this how slow some of these songs are being played. You know, I think I think the band or Mike or whoever did it kind of fixed that on Raw when they tried to drive it forward. Right, the change tour was. I mean, there aren't even any really good live recordings or even really good live bootlegs of the change tour for some reason. I remember us looking for them. Yeah, there's some decent ones, but not really good. Anyway, so Black Sun, you know, in some ways kind of shows what it could have been. Anyway, next up is Firing Line, which honestly is really just an slow acoustic version of Firing Line. I would have really liked to hear a reinterpretation or, or a really good version of Firing Line. But I think it's because we talked about it the last time. I think Mike avoids Eddie's songs or at least it seems like it on these records. It would would have been nice to hear like a punk rock version of the song. Oh my God, it would have been nice to hear a punk rock version of Firing Line, yeah. 
would have been really cool to hear yeah. a punk rock. But, but you know, what's there is okay. It's just a nice transition in the story, so that's okay. It's fine. It's for the story. It fills in, you know. Um, and it's not like this album is lacking. I mean, you take out all the inter interspersed stuff and just play the brand new versions of the Change Songs Change record, and it's an incredible record. And so this is just driving the story along. Right. So what's up next? Next up is Change Two. And honestly, I can't remember what this sounds like, so let's listen to it. Down in the alley where the odds are stacked Down on my knees, had to turn back So what do you think <clears throat> okay. of that version so of Change? This, yeah, change 2. This is a different... This has got the same lyrics as Change 2, but it fits with this record a little better. Obviously, Change 2 was an outlier on that record. It was recorded in a whole different session, it sounds like. Sound like that. I don't tininess. know if that's true or not, but it certainly sounds like. Well, it. there was a tinniness to that session, and I don't know. It's it's um, it's not as big. The sound is not as big. Yeah, there's this there's literally the no no bass in Change Two on the record. Yeah, I do like Again, that song though. Like I love the way that. Drew, what if the, someone remixed Change and mixed bass guitar right into it, like the original record? The original record? I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting to hear. But um, I I challenge Mike to just do that. Just go take all the tracks that exist. And just play bass over all of them and re-release it as change bass. Mix mix bass into all those. Mix different yes. bass in all the songs. Another another track of bass. Um, yeah, exactly. So I would say that this now sounds like the rest of the record, where the original sounded like it was different, um, and it's a more straightforward alt rock sounding song. It's it's probably in the in the context of this record, it's correct. It's it's a better song for this. I still think that the, the other song is just as good that, that, that could, because there's something special about getting up to that song on the change record and hearing something that's completely different. So I agree with you. Um, change to for a while was my favorite song on the change record. When I, again, when I was looking for that old style, like wanting to hear an alarm song and change to was the closest to that on that record. I think, I mean, also rivers Across and how the mighty fall, those three, you know, kind of, kind of, lived in that headspace of what would this sound like if it was de declaration or something like that but i but it always struck me as being off-putting because it doesn't sound like the rest of the record yes so it's nice that this one fits in i, I think it's interesting that there's a there sounds like a metronome going through the entire song It does sound like a metronome, doesn't it? I think that's it's it. It may it's it could be someone hitting a drumstick on the side of the um the snare drum, or it could just be a metronome. But it sounds good. It Whatever actually, it is, actually, it, it makes the song work. It actually adds to it. Okay, so next up is Quarters of Power, which again is an acoustic version, the short acoustic version too. Yeah, different different arrangement, short acoustic version. Next up, the real next song we want to talk about is How the Mighty, How the Mighty Fall. Fall. So let's listen. 
thing I want to say is the ending of that song is great. It outro builds. builds and builds and builds, which a lot of the songs do on this record. But the other thing is there's little vocal gymnastics and, and hooks in this version of the song that we're missing from the original and that just give it a better, warmer, more attractive feeling, I guess, to the song. Are you saying that they weren't in the original song? Yes. Yeah. Um, there's one, though, that's funny that is still in there that I remember. Um, but um, there is, let's just say across this entire record, it, there's less, I'm going to say, but there's, it's so much more subtle, but it's more powerful that way. Um, and this is less like a U2 song than it was before. And it's more acoustic, which neither one is a bad thing for this song. Um, and it's a really great arrangement of this tune. Same lyrics, pretty much, but better. That whole buildup is so much to being the same song. It's just that there are, it's just not exactly, it, it just, it just is, again, it's, it's got a little bit more to it. I the love original. the buildup. And, the... and the original was one of my favorite songs from Change. Me too. I love the buildup and then how the extra chorusy voices are coming in. Uh, happens a lot on this record, but that song in particular, it's like it's getting somewhere. It's moving and getting somewhere. Now, uh, one interesting thing about this is a lot of early Mike Peters songs that were him uh, just by himself, you know, um, solo. They would all start with what the you call same. It when you call it solo, it's solo when you say it's basically by Mike Peters solo were the same three chords that he would strum to get himself ready to sing the song. But that's gone on this record, I want to say. That's been completely erased over the last few records. That's been completely erased. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. these all are... The guy can play like, anything else. Something very, very tangible about, like, the music of these is, a more, is just as important as the lyrics. Where in some cases before, maybe they weren't as, as important. Um, yes. So what's Agreed. that? All right. The next song is Sold Me Down the River, and let's listen to a little bit of it right now. There's a rose across my chest, got your name written on it. Love's the drug I live by, give me a shot before I die. Come back, I'm begging you please, come back, I'm down on the Come back, begging you please, come back Cause I don't know why, I don't understand How you sold me down the river I don't know why, I don't understand How you sold me down the river Down the river So tell me what you think. Okay. So this is like, if I had heard this wild song on the radio in 1989, I would have been much more excited, but I do like Soul Me Down the River. I think there's, I think it, it's a cousin to Howling Wind in, in its backbeat. And that's what's a good thing that's going on in, in the original is that they figured out that driving rhythm and the, and the, the backbeat and the bass all working together. And they said, and, they, and it worked really well in Howling Wind. And it works real well in Soul Man Down the River, which is, which seriously are the, are not the same song, but the same basic structure. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this is a completely different tune and it's much more powerful, but it, it sounds so much more cohesive than I do like the Dave Sharp guitar playing on Change, but in some cases, it's not like you're tearing paper. I'm big. 
none of these sound like you're tearing paper when you're playing the guitar. You know what I mean when it sounds like you're tearing <laughs> I know paper? what you're saying. And none of this sounds like that. This this is like a really, really powerful song. I um, here's I love this song. This is a hit. I mean, this yeah. is a fucking hit. This this song there should be a James Bond movie named Sold Me Down the River, and this should be the theme to it. Uh, I agree. It's that good. No, I agree. This is this is another this is another one that should really be like could be a hit. I like the fact that these, these records are getting out there, but these the the best of these two records needs to be put out as one record to the masses and sold as a new alarm. Record. No, no, I don't. I think you should. Why? Who who's going to buy a record? Why don't you just put them both out? I may I may tighten it up a little bit. No, I take it back. Just release the whole thing as as it is. Just release the whole thing. I think thing it's fine. But maybe you're right. Yeah. Okay, so that's a freaking highlight. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So next is Breaking Point, which this is this is another one of the things that makes me sad. I wanted to hear a new version of this. I, this is my one of my probably my favorite alarm song from the second half of their career. This is, I know I say that about a lot of different no. songs, but this is you I agree. You tell yourself it's too old. I know you're still young. You want in the screen. You still hold your tongue You're at the breaking point Just one step away The original breaking point is probably uh, along with change one. Change your four faces. Change your my father. Are two songs from this period that I think were the best. Um, oh yeah, I they were. They the were best. Did we talk about this? I, the, the, oh, when we did the singles, were like those two were the beginning of another record. Right, right, exactly. Um, I wish there was a full version. Been. There's not. It's a it's acoustic version. It's good, but it doesn't do it. It doesn't give me what I want. But that it still pushes the story along in the right way. This is a story. This this record's a story. So yes, it is. Okay, next up. Prison with the prison bars, and I got to tell you, this is this is one of my favorite songs from the original one. So it had a lot to live up to. Yeah, me too. So me too. let's listen to some of it. The gunshots in the skyway valley madness ricochet as my mind starts to implode. Two things. I have one thing to say. Uh huh. Should have been a single then. Should be one now. Yes. Both versions are fantastic. So the ending of this one, where where that you've got the piano, which again sounds like good piano, useful piano. Help me, help me, in a 
like singing help me over yes. and over again is just rips your fucking heart out yes exactly it's fantastic because you know what he's talking about yes and you're like this is what you want to hear like this you get it when you hear that there's nothing fake about it it's it's just incredible this, and plus this kind of sounds like a Coldplay song a little bit but a Coldplay well, and all, song again the backing vocals and the choruses and stuff on this are just amazing yeah it, it, there's nothing I can't find a single thing wrong with this song I think I think I read somewhere else that some people didn't like this one and I, that meant that we I couldn't uh, be friends with them this is a flawless tune to me both of them actually to be honest the original yeah. it's flawless Rivers our people overflow Gunshots in the skyway valley madness Ricochets my mind starts to implode Should have been a single. This one is a whole different song, flawless, and needs to be a single of whatever yeah, a single the, means today. The the original certainly, you know, there's a there's it's got a lot of space in it and a lot of it's 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 like a studio creation with with echoes and space and and just just the way that the all the um, the song say, sounds though, is in just that, incredible. In that um, in that show you were talking about where we saw them at the Wiltern, this was a freaking highlight. By the way. This yeah. song was played there. And well, I don't remember how many times it was played live, but it was a freaking highlight of that show. It was live. It was played live. It was awesome. So the next track is called Watching, Scarlet. waiting, hoping, asking, begging, pleading, shouting. To me, Scarlet is a more palatable arrangement of the same basic tune. The instruments are much softer, but it still has the same power as the original. I was never a huge fan of Scarlet. Um, I still thought there was way too much guitar in the original. It sounded like it was paper being ripped. gone from this version of course um I, I, it's, the, it, you know the ending is more powerful um i like this one better than the original i like the original too it's it's just a different sounding song it's kind of a cousin to dawn chorus a little bit i, I like this one better and it fits with this record so it fits originally right though on dawn chorus to me um dawn chorus is a better produced uh, version of this style of song from the record though. 
So I, I'm a producer better arranged, actually. There's much more power in, in all the songs on the way the songs were arranged and recorded on strength. There's more power. So when you get a song like this that could be another Dawn chorus, it isn't. That's, that, I mean, it, it could have been that, though, originally. This one I like better, but it's more acoustic and softer. So it's a different song in that sense. It's not trying to be power. Sure. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it, again, it, it may not be my favorite song, but it fits on this record perfectly. And so I give it my thumbs up. The next one is called Devolution Working Man Blues. This one has a lot to live up to, by the way. Does. Working Man Blues. Working Man Blues. Say. I don't dare. one question what do you think about the organ in that song okay so i'll tell you what i think about the organ in that song i would say that the original song was sort of a low-powered acdc song this is a who song yes it is and a good one at that isn't it? it's a great it sounds like pete townsend this sounds like a pete townsend tune and i know that at one point mike peters had said to me you know we were talking and i was in one of our either interview we had and we had mentioned that dave sharp could write a tune right and he could and when you get to um so one step closer to home mike peter said you know what if dave brought me who songs all the time we would have had a whole bunch of who songs because <laughs> that's like a who song basically it builds up and it becomes great powerful and this is basically another version like that but with added well, i think this is this is the original intention of the song is what this is right right this is the original intention was to make this version right here i know they put out the demo as a B-side on um, on the the raw single, and it, and it's 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 good. to this but it's not this this I've is never heard that demo i mean yeah I, it's on it's on i think it's on the change demos as well well what i mean um, is i've heard it on the change demos i never heard it back when it came out on the raw single yeah i think that's when i was collecting the records and you didn't care anymore no i um, cared i just didn't hear it i was we, we were making we we're making cds and cassettes of all those b-sides yeah so, anyway it, i mean it, it, it's not spectacularly diff- different but it's different um, it's more, it's, it's got, it's a little bit more driving, but it's a little bit more like drum machine because they did it with the drum machine. So it's, you know, it's it, the, 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 what it feel like is like that demo would have, should have led to this instead of that. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, and this has the, the, the power chords as they should be, um, in a song that would be considered like an ACDC song as compared to what the other one was, which never really sounded like it, but it was supposed to be. There's no money in my pocket, no soul. 
do you like I like I love the fact that the organ is used as a percussion instrument. Yeah, I know. That's why it kind of sounds like awesome. the Who, because Pete Townsend's guitar in The Who was used somewhat like a percussion instrument, and the bass was used like a lead guitar. Right, um, exactly. The Don drums were used like a lead, and the vocals were used like rhythm. Um, the, that's, that's why The Who are so interesting, because the vocals, and, and this isn't entirely true the whole time, but for the things that make The Who interesting, the vocals and guitar rhythm and the bass and, and drums are, are, the, are the lead. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that's cases. why they're so interesting. You can, you can. I, I believe you can nail the Who down to why they're interesting for that reason alone. Right. Anyway. Right. And the and the reason I mean when they when they coined the phrase maximum R and B, that's what they were talking about. Yeah, I see. I know exactly what you're saying. Okay. Next up is Love Don't Come Easy. Love can give you everything, then take it all away. She can take you to the water, make you thirst for days. Tell you what you wanna hear in the same breath, she can steal. In the same breath, she can steal. Love can take you to the mountain. Alright, I want you to tell me what song do you hear in that one? What song do I hear in that? Yes. Oh, I don't know. You tell me. Oh, um, I know. I know. I know. In circles. Where were you when the word went out? The spaceship landed. In circles, and also a little bit of the original version of Change One is in here too. So. Um, to me, this is a less blues-influenced version, just like the whole record, really. Yeah, it sounds um, like this would be this would be Come Easy if it was on Declaration. Yes, but also there's one thing. In Love Don't Come Easy, there were these hidden parts of the tune that they didn't get to, and it sounds like the recording session ended in the middle of them recording the song. They're back in this version again. Oh, well, I mean, some of that is on, I think, on the raw version of Love Don't Come No, sorry, on the... Uh, not the wrong version. On the Welsh version is longer. The Noah version has bits of that. Or when they didn't fade it out, you mean? Right, exactly. Um. Hi, this is Steve editing. I want to say that I'm not really sure what Jeff is referring to. I couldn't find what he was talking about. But here is a little bit of Love Don't Come Easy from the 2000 reissue remastered version of Change. Maybe this is And they're, they're back in here. It's they're um 
Oh, this is one of the only songs on this entire record to use harmonica. Well, you know, you don't need the harmonica all the time. Well, uh, the harmonica is um, is definitely uh, an acquired taste. Yeah. Kind of like I mean, there are bands, there are bands who build entire songs around the harmonica, right? Like, tra- like the um, blues uh, traveler, blues traveler. But um, uh, but in a song like this, it's used sparingly and it sounds good. Yeah. Next up is a song called "The Rock." I'm a man who bites hard on the bullet of silence If only you could feel the pain I hide Know me Like I know you Still water running deep in the cavern of my soul So many roads lead nowhere The rock is no longer rain in the summertime light <laughs> well, this, this, if you go back to alarm.change.demos, this sounds almost identical to the one on the demo. Hi, this is Steve again. Uh, the version of the song that I was referring to is not the rock on the change demos. It's actually called Know Me Like I Know You. There's another song called Rock on the demos, and it sounds like if you put the two together, uh, bits of each become the rock on the final album. So, like, this is Know Me Like I Know You. I'm a man who bites hard on the bullet of silence if only you could feel the pain I had And know me Like I know you Still waters running deep in the caverns of my soul So many words I got this, this makes me think, along with, um, with Devolution, that Mike went back and listened to those there's some songs that never really came out the way he wanted to. And I know he said The Rock never did. The Rock wasn't supposed to be Rain in the Summertime Light. Um, it was supposed to be something else entirely. I actually really like that one. Though. I really like the one on the, the original album. I think it's um, I think it's a great, I think they're, um, they're, it's a great, I think it's the second song on the record we have, right? And yeah, I it, remember it, liking the tune a lot. And I do like this one, but I, this one, but I like this one better. And I think it's because it still has that, like, you begin these tunes, if you listen to them one-off, not together as a unit. Every single one of them has this arrangement that makes you want to listen to the song over again. Because it, you keep on yeah. listening, because it, drives, it drives you to, like, it's, sing along with it. It's not a chore to get through. And I will say that there are some songs in the original Change record that sometimes feel like a chore to get through. Right, exactly. This um, one is like, I want to hear where it's going. I miss Harriet at the end. I like Me that too. at the end of the original.
I, I'm going to say that I don't like, I don't necessarily think this one is better than the original, but I think this one is better for this record. Does that make sense? Yeah. This one is better for this record for sure. Uh, and the, and the, let's say the arrangement on this is better for this record. It's yeah. basically the same tune, basically the same lyrics, but a different arrangement completely. And, and it's better for this record especially. So let's let's move on to a song. This is the, the most surprising song. Called Rivers to Cross, which the original is, especially, and especially the Welsh version with the Morrison, Orfe, Morrison Orpheus male voice choir that they did live. Um, two, which is one of my favorite songs from the change era. But let's listen to this one. I made a note here that said, see where the rose is sown by big country. <laughs> this is, this is an excellent song where they've replaced what sounded like sort of twinkly bagpipes with awesome guitar. Yes. Yes. This is the most surprising song on the record, I think, because it does kind of sound a little like big country, but, but I, it's, it, you know, I think that's giving, Big country too much credit as to as to a genre of music that maybe they didn't invent. I think that it, it sounds like a great song that is reminiscent of what big country would do with it. Does that make more? I think that makes more sense. Yeah, no, I could uh, on. Uh, I think that this would have fit perfectly on the record with um, where where there was a song for big. Country. Oh sure, um, and it, would, um, it would have fit perfectly with big country when Mike was touring with them and writing a song with them. And you know what? It fits perfectly right here. You just went to the rock. Now playing these not not by themselves. You move from the rock, which is a little softer song of piano, directly into this guitar-driven song. Um, yeah, that, I'll say that usually when any of these records come out, I always question the, the song lineup. I'm like, oh, you know, this is good, but it would have been way better if like this one came before this one, and not on this one at all. It's absolutely perfect. I do, I think that this one, this is, I think it's a different song than Rivers Across. I mean, the lyrics are the same. I think that Rivers Across was a highlight off of the original record. A lot of people love that song. I do think that this is a different song with the same lyrics, but I think this is just as good or better of a song. It's really fitting on this record. It, it has, I mean, the first one kind of sounded like a Celtic folk song, yes. and this sounds like a Celtic rock song. Well, I mean, sounds like these could have been flip sides of the same A double A-sided single. Right, exactly. 
definitely and maybe and maybe with this one mike is like you know what that, that song was really good and we should have turned it into a better you know it should have been the single from that record like it should have been you know not better but but more appropriate as a single from the original train change record and and but but the way it was the way it was it, you know it actually could have been a single on different on different radio genres existed at the time but it but it couldn't be for what there was they no radio radio all was bs at the time anyway it, it was it is know, now too so. it, it radios be Radio's always been BS. I don't know what anyway. Okay, next one. This was the change one. Changing the weather that flies through a flag. Changing the places and you as the land. I'm going to say this. This song rocks. Yeah. So it's funny because it's a more bluesy version than the version that was on cha- on the original chain. It does sound like that. Yeah. It, it, there, it is a little bit more bluesy. Which is This actually would have fit better on the original record, this version, than Change 2 on that record. If you see what I mean. Because it, it sounds like it was it's, it's more in line with the same sort of arrangement as the rest of the songs. Yeah, I think that um, there's there's a double chorus, like sorry, double hook in the chorus that I really like in this one. It, some of the little uh, synthesizer keyboardy stuff um, in the original exists, but it's but it's lower in the mix, but you can still hear it. exciting feel to it but but the but it coming here at the end of this record or near the end is very significant because it really is the change it really means something here as opposed to it being on a b-side and and coming out as like on one of the raw it was either like the the raw cd single i can't remember where it, i think maybe it's on like the red vinyl seven inch had change one on the back of it like so it just, exactly it was just hidden stuffed and ridiculous on the um when it came out the first time i remember um, change one came out and it was hidden on one of these records and then basically at the same time you two came out with that fly on the wall song yeah. or whatever that was and they're all this is the hardest song that you just ever done about. oh my god listen to change one man anyway um i mean it wasn't a u2 song but it was yeah, just i do remember they, they this. opened the the, the 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 song on the raw tour this was the oh, this is the song that the band came out to which is which is you know a good i guess like yeah. a like um a nice way to introduce it but i, I wrote a paragraph about this song i want to read it oh go ahead read it so so change one this is now a more bluesy version than the tune that was on change i said that already but this is ironic this one would have fit better on the original change than change two Change 2 would have fit with Breaking Point on a full record full of major key tunes. So major key means a brighter tune. You're, 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 unlike Scarlet, which is like a, a minor key tune. Anyway, 
in this one, I think the keyboard added synth is awesome in the final portion. Yes. That's what I wrote. <laughs> Absolutely. It's also, you said it's also a grunge song. Yeah, so I do think, I do think it's, I think the original kind of sounded a little bit Me like too. that too. Me too, me too. In fact, the original was a direction that the band had continued going there. They just continued with that, like that direction. They may have been able to make it through the 90s. If, if they came out with Change One, Raw maybe recorded it a slightly different way, like with an ending, for example. With the, the other songs on that record sounding, having a little bit more, you know, like, like rockiness and punk rockiness, a little bit faster, they definitely would have predated grunge with Change One in, in right. a way that, I mean, they, they would have come out first. And I'm not saying it's exactly like Nirvana, but it certainly has a feeling of the 90s and not the 80s. Exactly. Um, and, and, it, and it's sad that it was so buried because it could have led to what was next. The problem is, I think, that what we've you know led from from what Mike has told us, and you know the fact that what what Dave is doing, and some of the re research I've done in the in the last couple of weeks, you know what, Dave didn't want to do it. You know what, Mr. Sharp wanted to go be a bluesman and a folkman. He didn't want to do what Mike was doing anymore. He didn't want to play on Mike's songs anymore. And I think, and even even when Mike tried to get the band back together in 2000, multiple times, 1999 to 2000, when, when, when on the documentary, I'm the one who says the band blew it. Well, they did blow it, okay? Um, yeah. They blew it. They could have gone back together and it didn't happen. And why? Because Dave didn't want to do it. And since Dave didn't want to do it, Nigel didn't want to do it. And this is like in 2000. Mike tried to get, do it with Eddie and Eddie didn't, Eddie really didn't want to do it either. And they all said, go ahead and do it on your own. So people who get upset that Mike continued the alarm, you know what? The whole band at the time in 2000 said, go do it. It was only when Mike started getting some press for like 45 RPM and stuff like that, where they actually said, oh, wait a minute, this might actually be something. So, so what I'm trying to say is like, Dave didn't, this, it never would have happened. It anyway. couldn't have happened this way then. No, the only way it could have happened is the way that Mike, did it and and i think that whether people agree with that or not i think the, the case is the truth is if you go listen to what dave's doing now it's so far away from this you know and he's happily doing what he's doing with folk music and the stuff he plays he'd never want to do this anyway so i think the band should have gone in this direction i think it would have been great i think mike probably thought it should have gone in something like this and done his own thing but i think to do that what had to happen was exactly what happened I don't think there's any other way it could happen. No, so I agree completely with, with that. Um, so anyway, I go off on a tangent, but I'm doing all my research for the Alarm Archive, which is the, which is a website that a bunch of us are putting together of complete alarm history and going through all the news items and things at the time and figuring out what exactly happened as opposed to what history what 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 is history has been retold. And when I read it, when I read through the events in order, I'm like, you know what, Mike did what he had to do, and and that's just the truth. And you can see from what he's doing now that like the success of it is actually he kept true to whatever it was. And the and the, and the other guys didn't necessarily want to be involved until maybe now. Maybe maybe they, they want to make music again and that's great. Speaking of that, so the next song is New Day. Oh, and New Day. So let's listen to it.
what a perfect ending to the. It movie. also goes along with what you're just saying. So, yeah. At this point in this story. Okay, guys, that was weird. Um, this is Steve editing, and I think we heard that weird voice say something like, "The day will come." Let's listen to it again. At this point in this. I mean, we had that weird voice on one of our previous podcasts that we called The Unexplained. When a voice came in, sounded like an EVP, but um, it's kind of weird. You know, maybe that was not Jeff or I. Um, maybe it was some cross audio through Zoom, but um, it certainly was odd that it says the day will come right when we're talking about um, the alarm and getting back together. Very strange. Anyway. Let's just continue on. Odd things happen. Uh, this is this is what happens. Change and and uh, so I mean uh, <clears throat> in this uh, story, which begins with uh, Eye of the Hurricane and ends with Change New Day, which is the second half of New South Wales. Yeah, everything was changing. It was time for something brand new, yeah. and that's basically what happened. I think that's what it leads into, and I think we we I think the the point is is that this is really the end of knew as the alarm right here people i mean people want to say hey the, the raw album wasn't was good or bad. it wasn't really even that record wasn't recorded in a way that a band would record a record and it was packaged up and sort of put out in a way to end things and that's depressing but that's because this is the real end exactly so all together you know what do you think of upstream and downstream well um i think that upstream and downstream create a brand new sonic experience for anyone coming to these tunes from any place coming from the a person that's heard both the records before someone who hasn't it's just brand new it's it all sounds different and good and and it's all everything about it is like an amazing achievement in 30 eight tracks or something like that. I mean, it was just incredible how different they are and how the same they are at the same time. I know that the band didn't want to create a, like a, like a, like a, like a rock opera or like a, a concept album when they originally did change. Um, but they should have, they kind of did, but, um, it would, they kind of avoided that. I think this is really that this is the concept album or the, or the rock opera that was, embedded in all of this but the thing is it's not just what was embedded in the songs it's what it's what was embedded in the band who made the songs that's what the rock opera is exactly it's not just about what the songs were about it's about what the band was about at the same time and so by going back and reinterpreting after 30 years you get the benefit of understanding the time and place that it was made as well as what the songs were about and that that i think is is really what's interesting about these reimaginings it's kind of like when your English teacher has you read a book and, you know, they ask you what it's about and you say, well, I don't know. It's what the author said it was about. They're like, no, no, no. That's actually not what it's about because <laughs> after a hundred years, it really, it really concerns what the author wrote about and also the times in which the author wrote it. And that's, I think what this is doing is basically Mike has broken down these two records and built them back up again and is commenting on them and and the time and it also 
how they were written and, and who wrote them and who recorded them. And this is not a reimagining. This is a this is a whole new effort. I'm trying to say exactly. You had some final notes, Steve. Did you want to go through those? My, My stream is totally different. On a conscious level, MP tweaked the song structures, rearranged the songs, lightened them up, and made all of them better. He already knew that change was more successful and more focused than I, but he also knew it could have been much, much more. Subconsciously, he's breaking the shackles now, just like he broke them in 1989. But they are different shackles. Back then, he compromised. He let Tony Visconti produce because, let's be honest, he was the one guy Dave and I would listen to. I think that's true too. Yeah.、Uh, Mike might not have liked the full direction, but at least the album made sense and it was cohesive. But it could have been so much more. The process back then broke Mike as far as the band was concerned, but freed him because he knew it was over. Upstream is Mike realizing what it could have been back then if all the bullshit was not happening with the band. Upstream is managing how the songs retain some of their original. Design, but he's now made them soar. Mike takes a hero's journey in these two records, and to fight his demons, trying to come to grips with why something so precious and amazing as the alarm had to go away. It was a microcosm of his entire career, and points to how Mike had a rebirth in 2001 that heads right up until today. All right, okay, well, that's good. We'll be back. Who knows when with another podcast? Oh, wait, let's、uh, let's take let's take.、Uh, Want to take someone out with、um, uh, something different this time? Let's take people out with Cenotaph. Play it. No way out. I love this song. Sounds great. So, Jeff, as an addendum to our big discussion about、uh, upstream and change, you wanted we wanted to add a little bit because it really sounded like. Like we crapped all over the change record, which is not what we wanted to do. Because I really liked it when it came out. It's just that we're so excited about downstream and upstream. But what did you 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 emailed me to say that there was something else that you wanted to add to it that we should talk yeah, about? Yeah, emailed you to say also. I we both were a little uncomfortable because I I think that like somehow we.、Uh, I, I, after the end of that, I'm all wait a minute. Change is a great record, but we yeah, this、is. one's this one's better. But what I wanted to say was there was an actual quality wrinkle that I found on Change, and I wanted to tell you exactly where it was. Well, I think I got it when we okay. So I, when you know after we talked, I added a bunch of music to it. I think I found it when we were talking about where a town was stood. But let's let's play what you found because I think this is different. It's at three. Three twenty, three thirty-five. Okay. Let's、we'll、see if we can hear this. So wait, this is three twenty-five. Okay, so it's hard to hear, and I think Mike Peters remastered a lot of it out. But at three thirty-five, in where Town once stood, there still is a slight quality wrinkle where the guitar and、uh, keyboard hit each other at the same time, and it, and you can hear it, like it's a, it's a sonic dissonance, and it, and it was in the original record, it was very apparent that there was a problem right there. This one, there's not. In fact, the bass on this remastered one is great too, on especially on this song.
Dawson, um, our last time when we on our last one when we did downstream, we talked about how the bass and some of the guitar was down in the mix in the original release, and everybody like four or five people came back and said, "Hey, wait, listen to the remix one that Mike did. It's much better." And they were right, not as much because in this one, in a t- where town what stood, it has the whole groove that I was talking about that that was out of some of these songs. Okay. So it sounds like the bass has been remastered. They can actually hear the bass in that. Yeah, and the and the, the keyboard that starts off like as part of the melody. So you have the you have this ri- this awesome rhythm guitar part at the beginning that's played on like electric strums, and it sounds fantastic. It doesn't sound like paper tearing. Um, I don't mean to, that in a bad way either, because that was a great like sound. But it's just a different. You're talking about when you talk about paper tearing. You, I, I are you talking about in the middle of like the 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 in the chorus of Slumping Down the River? Uh, a little bit. There's. Uh, I think Steve Worsh work, working on blues, really. The list. The beginning of Steve Worsh working on blues. Okay. Hold on. I know what you're saying. Okay. I I think it's a great guitar part. Don't get me wrong. I didn't. What I mean is, it's a. Uh, it's these strums that are that are by themselves. It doesn't. Here's the thing. It doesn't sound like anyone else's guitar, but and it sounds distinct. But it doesn't necessarily fit that song. I think is what you're saying. Like that needed to be some deep ACDC guitar there. You know, um, uh, Les Paul kind of stuff. And I think I think it's just that it's a little higher in the vocal in the in the in the sound range that I would have thought it should be a little bit deeper. That's all. Well, we all Um, know that Devolution didn't turn out. I mean, we already talked about that. But you know what? Let's let's stop here. We we could do an entire show on I the remastered should, version. I think we should do an entire show on some of the remastered records. Um, so anyway, so I see what you're saying. You know that it, there was that quality wrinkle. It was fixed. We didn't mean to it all over. Change. No, it's a not at all. Great record. But you know there were. You know it also marked the end of the Alarms' real album career. It never got the proper singles that needed to come out for it. At least they got stopped. Um, and what I was going to say when we were talking about The Rock is usually on those later 80s albums, what would happen is the record company would stack the singles at the beginning of the record. So with The Rock second, you, you would think that it was slated to be a single. It just never came out. But Love Don't Come Easy came out, which is interesting to me. But it, you think The Rock would have would have happened as well. But anyway, all right. Well, that's enough. That's That was interesting, Jeff trip down that road and maybe we'll do an, a, a show about this entirely but you know what we have about a thousand other shows to do that we could do on this stuff well that in the evp tell me about it i have no idea what that was but anyway it sounded you weird played again now play it again play it again right now at this point in this it's okay. basically like telling us someone's the voice is telling us that from the future that they'll all get back together at some point basically yeah i i I sent it to Mike and I did not get a response. So um, <laughs> maybe maybe it'll come in right now when we're doing this. I you know what? I hope it does. I hope say something else, voice. Tell us something else. EVP, come back in, please. All right, but, say something. But but if it did, we would have heard it. But if not, here finally is Senate. The God of love is all my side. This talk of If you want peace, prepare